welcome to another edition of the Unicorns Podcast. This is a podcast series featuring business leaders, motivators, innovators, and general go-getters. Well, if you're anything like me, the task of life admin can sometimes be overwhelming. Staying on top of your bills and when to pay them, reminders, rego, insurance, photos, calendars, general organization, it can sometimes be a bit of a mess and put into the all too familiar, too hard basket. Well, it's time to meet Gold Coast couple, Kirk Reynoldson and Dr. Kate Morgan. They realized that the horror of life admin was actually a business opportunity a few years ago, and they created an app, an all-service, one-stop shop app called Eggy. The catchphrase is unscramble your life, and it's certainly something that I need. Kate and Kirk join me from the Gold Coast today. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks, JK. Thanks for having us. Hello, mate. That was a very beautiful description around the uh, shit show of life admin, mate. Oh, I was actually <laughs> getting chills when you were talking about the pain of all that. Makes me uh, makes me feel a bit ill. Oh, well, I had a, a good example of life admin gone wrong last week with my rego, but I probably uh, won't elaborate on that. Needless to say that there could be a couple of love letters from New South Wales Revenue arriving in my mailbox at some time <laughs> uh, this week. All right. <laughs> All right, tell me how you guys first came up with the idea for Eggy. So we first came upon the concept through um, just experiencing the problem ourselves. We just had crap everywhere. We had, you know, bits of paper, post-it notes. Not recommended. No, bills and our emails and cloud drives and, and calendars and just stuff everywhere. Shoe boxes. Top yeah. of the fridge. Yeah. Top yeah. of the fridge. Yeah. The blackboard. The blackboard. So that yes. was kind of the, the big scrambled mess as we referred to it back mm. then and still yeah. do. And, um, yeah, we just we were just like, what the hell? Like, what year is it and why is this the way that it is? Like, surely there's got to be something out there that just lets you bring it into all all into the one place and just makes it easy. Um, mm-hmm. And we looked, we searched high and low, and we couldn't find anything that actually did that. So we thought, ah, oh, we'll just uh, try and create a solution ourselves. Can't be that hard. <laughs> and, I, and I think the key point too, uh, JK, is that the pain in like we had, we're like everyone, we had three Google accounts, three Dropbox accounts, and we'd literally taken the mess that was our, home life onto the digital space as well. So yeah. like yeah. there was a lot of pain with us trying to find a product that actually looked after the needs that Katie just told us about. So like all good relationships, mate. Oh, and the other thing we forgot to mention was around, um, I hate talking about a light bulb moment, but we did read a book yeah. around cognitive psychology. Uh, it was written by yeah. Daniel Levitin. He's a neuroscientist and the book is called The Organised Mind. And, um, yeah, it was just, it was sort of really clearly articulated the problem we were experiencing around the mess of information in your life and how we're not equipped to deal with it. And, and mm. putting my, my research hat on here, like the evidence says that, um, according to Professor Leviton, that um, if you can get all of the stuff that's in your head out of your head into a physical space and you can categorise it, that it frees up your brain to be more productive and you're much happier um, doing that. So 
that was kind of the moment where we went, okay, so we've got this problem. If we can kind of follow this framework of getting stuff out, categorizing it, it'll just make everything that much better. So that was kind of the the kickoff. And what year are we talking about here? How long ago was was all of this coming to the front of your minds? So that was in 2018 that we had that kind of moment and then uh, and then we did a lot of research ourselves, spoke to a lot of people, did research on the the kind of tech side, the app side of things, but also did research with users and people that we assumed were our market uh, busy mm-hmm. parents and um, and just asked them to see that it wasn't just a problem that we were experiencing ourselves and and sure enough the feedback that we got it was a lot of people saying yes I hate life admin too please make it better so then we started development in 2019 and where were you when that when that moment hit you that there's a business in this or did it evolve over time yeah I think there's never one moment um uh, JK, it's more of a collection of moments. And I think a, a really inflection point for us was where all good relationships are born is over a bottle of wine and beer. But we met uh, two of our <laughs> best mates, um, Rachel and Peter Cassidy, in a bottle shop in Buenos Aires um, when we travelled, did a little bit of travel overseas. <laughs> and uh, long story short, they uh, they got involved in tech. And um, we, yeah. you know, for us, I guess, that, you know, the little things that happened that create the whole experience of Eggy, they got in tech and we run the idea past them. And, um, yeah, he, like, they were like, they went for um, Peter's in product and um, yes. he was like, let me sit on this Some for more. a month. Yeah. yeah, yeah. let me sit on this for a month. And he got back to us and basically he said, I've thought about this concept or this solution every day of the month. And he said, let's do this. And that's where Eggy was born pretty much, I think. And I think, like Kirk said, it was it was a collection of moments or just a, a series of things that were happening that kind of just kept providing validation to us that we're we're onto something, we're onto something. It wasn't just just talking to people and hearing people say how much they hated it. It was talking to Pete, who had that you know tech um, background, um, talking to um, yeah advisors. We managed to to bring in yes. some pretty cool advisors and, you know, the fact that they were agreeing to come on board was validation. We um, we won a competition with Suncorp, got to spend three months with Suncorp when we were still in the very early days of Eggy. So, you know, that again mm. was like, yep, validation, we're onto something, keep going here. We um, we managed to raise funds. The first first round of fundraising that we did was around a campfire. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that, that was validation too. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah just, things just kept happening. There wasn't just one moment. It was like, yep, keep going. Fantastic. And were, were you working, were the both of you working full time at this at this moment and decided to throw your jobs in? I mean, what professionally, what were you doing and how easy was it to then transition from um, your, your, other, your other professions into a, f- a full-time career running a tech startup? Yeah, it's always a tough decision, JK. We were both full-time working. Katie was uh, PhD and, and an academic at Bond University. And I, I was actually working in construction for some time and sort of we had some part-time roles in Eggy. And then, you know, at, at each point of validation, um, it was um, – there was a book called The Founder's Dilemma. If anyone's listening and, and getting into startup, you need to read it because it's really based in statistics and research. 
And it talks about right. how people with domain experience are probably your best bet of understanding, not VCs or investors, JK, you wouldn't believe that, would you? But um, people with domain experience um, have got a really good shot at telling you whether you, you're going to be onto something. And I guess each point of validation we were bringing together, like you've seen our advisory board, J, JK, we were bringing some mm. big names together just love, who really related to the problem and love what we were doing and you know, understood that they thought that there was a technical gap in the market. And for us, it all sort of culminated as a. It, we were part time initially with Eggy to, to answer your question, but yep. then we won three months with Suncorp uh, in one of their digital incubator programs, and that for us was like the stakeholder, you know, uh, marriage coming together. We we're like, there's something in this, you know, and if we don't give this, if this isn't all or nothing right now, then you know, this will be an opportunity that we look back on and just really regret. And we've always mm. been. We've always been people with no plan B, haven't we, Kate? <laughs> well, yeah, we have with Eggy, that's for sure. We have, we have burned the boats 100%. There's no turning back now. But um, I think to, to answer your question too, JK, 2019, we just had our second child and he was a yes. nightmare, so that was fun. Um, <laughs> Hopefully less so now. Oh, yeah, a little bit. Um, an but, angel now, yeah. an angel, Yeah. <laughs> So it, it kind of just like snowballed in, and before we knew it, we were both just full-time on Eggy going, okay, we're all in, we're doing this, we can't turn back now. And, um, yeah, nothing like nothing like putting everything on the line uh, to give you some motivation to get stuff done. I'm keen to know, Kate, just um, if we can reflect briefly on your academic career. So you've, you, you've got a doctorate. Uh, what was um, – tell us about your professional studies and what your thesis was in, please. So before Eggy, I was a dietitian and I originally worked in the food industry consulting to big food uh, companies and then mm -hmm. when we moved to the Gold Coast, I moved into academia, started doing some research projects and some lecturing in dietetics and – um, had my arm twisted to do a PhD, uh, kicking and screaming, didn't want to do it and thought I could get away without having one. But as universities are, you kind of have to have one. So, um, so yeah, uh, in between um, kind of um, the full time, I was working there full time doing the lecturing as well as uh, doing my PhD part time. And um, it was so the field that I was in, uh, nutrition and dietetics, there was there seemed to be a lot of um, evidence missing around what happens in the university where students are prepared for the workforce and then what happens once they get out into the workforce. And so my PhD was all around dietetic workforce preparation and how prepared graduates are to get into the workforce. And basically it found that what happens in universities, there's a big gap to you know what happens in the real world which i imagine is pretty similar for for a lot of other um professions as well so yeah it was well you know at that time that i was doing it i was thinking that i was going to be working in the university long term but um eggy came along um but i um uh, i do joke that i um i do have a phd to, you know it helps me change nappies and wipe up the kids <laughs> vomit and that kind of thing <laughs> So it's so worthwhile, and I, I make the kids call me doctor, but uh, they yes. don't actually. Yeah. Um, no one ever does. But um, yeah, I, I really, you know, didn't realise how useful it actually was until we really started to get into eggy and, you know, just the power of research, being able to do research well, and being able mm. to gather evidence and use evidence to to you know apply to what you're doing, like. 
it's been a massive skill that I've been able to bring. And I think even communications too, you know, you're always writing um, when you're doing a PhD, you're reading a bucket load of stuff, you're interpreting yes. that, and, you know, right, um, communicating that in a way, you know, that makes sense to a lot of people. So that's been, that's been really helpful too, even though I probably didn't realise that I needed a PhD to do a startup. <laughs> and so to, 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 to run a startup, yeah. And Kirk, it would be remiss of me not to reflect on your professional career as a mad one-eyed, I think they're all one-eyed, um, St George Dragons rugby league supporter. I know you packed down for the mighty Red V uh, for one season, but you were a former first grade rugby league football player. Tell us about your career. Yeah, I was, mate. You sound a little bit biased that you uh, that you, mm. uh, you're a Red V. You're trying to tell everyone you're a Red V supporter, aren't you, mate? Have to, yes, have and, to. And I hope, like my father-in-law, the great Mike Morgan Magic, that you've put me on your will because uh, <laughs> I did I did spend a season at the Dragons, mate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, where do I start, JK? I mean, growing up in the bush, I was a southwest Queensland boy out near Roma. Um, I just dreamed of playing rugby league, mate. It's, it's just everything in those communities. Rugby league is more than a game. It really brings together. I was brought up out there through the 80s and 90s. We lost our farm through the droughts, yep. interest rate 20%. And so rugby league was the support network. It was the counselling program. It was everything for the community, you know. And I just, I, I've got that running through my veins. And, yeah, I was, I was one of the lucky ones, mate. I just, um, you know, that passion drove me to... To finally make it, it I, I had a couple windy roads and a few setbacks, and had to bash my head against a brick wall a few times. But ended up debuting with the Melbourne Storm, and yeah, finished my career at the Dragons. Spent a bit of time at Newcastle Knights as well. Amazing. So you've come from a high performance environment, and Kate, you've you bring, dare I say, the brains to this partnership. Oh, uh, and, and and together, the Beauty and the Beast. Together, you are now tech entrepreneurs trying to get um, eggy rolling. So what what has that journey been like from the moment you th- thought, okay, that's it, we're, we're all in to, you know, wind the clock forward to 2022, um, to the progress that you have made on developing eggy? What's, what's that journey been like? In a couple of words, <laughs> the journey has been a roller coaster. It, um, it sure has been a ride. It's it's we say that it's the most challenging thing that we have done in our lives professionally building eggy and getting it to this point even um but it's also i think been the most fulfilling for us both like we just we just love it and um yeah just it's i guess moving from from our former careers into eggy um apart from being a hugely steep learning curve um it's probably also been the, yeah the, the most fulfilling thing that we've done in our careers I think and I think it, it just comes back to the problem JK that we're trying to solve and how many people relate to it like we get feedback every single day from people just saying I love what you guys are doing I um I I need Eggy in my life um and and comes back to the mental load too that you know so many people experience that, that they've just got so many things in their head that they need to action and and need to you know mm. have access to and um, I think that's that's probably a big reason why it's so fulfilling it feels like that we're really doing something um, with good purpose and um, yeah is it is it one of those apps 
I suppose, a little bit like Facebook that you might um, check at least a couple of times a day just to see what's happening. Is Eggy the same sort of thing where the more you're on it, the, the more organised you become? Yeah, I think you could. Yeah, that's a really good coral correlation with social media but we actually probably where we differ a little bit jk is we you know eggy's there to save time um so we don't want to unlike social media their their whole business model is around you using their applications more and more um i, I guess thinking about the research and the statistics our eggy power users are using eggy on average probably 40 to 50 times a week mm-hmm. um and it's just really around you know we've got the home feed and um, you know, collating all those environments that we just spoke about at the start of the podcast and bringing them into one ordered function, you know, like say, we just want to, we want to actually become, decrease the time that people need to spend on Eggy, but make it more efficient, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And in, in a nutshell, the app, you know, it has, it has a calendar so you can see all of your events that you've got coming up. So you, you could be checking that every day or a few times a day to see what you've got on. It's got a place to store your documents digitally. So, um, again, you might, you know, need to find some paperwork or um, get that paperwork out or add, add more paperwork in. Um, and then it's got lists. So, you know, your to-do lists, your grocery lists, your household chores. So, yeah, to, to your question, accessing it at least a couple of times a day because all of those things are happening, you know, multiple times throughout the day. So, that's what we've we've seen anyway, and that's how we're, we're power users ourselves. So that's how we use it, and other people um, tell us that they use it. I was going to ask that. So let's get into the details specifically about the app for a moment. What are, what are the different functions of Eggy? What how are people using the app to organise their life admin? So we've got uh, like a feed or a home screen that the app opens straight up onto and you can see what you've got on today and what you've got uh-huh. on for the next seven days. So it's like, okay, just, you know, tell me what I've got to do, Eggy. Um, so there's that. There's a, a place for document storage and it's all neatly categorised. And, and what sort of documents, Kate, can I put in there? Yeah, you can put anything you want in there, really. Um, so the, the categories that we've got, there's finance, there's health, there's education, there's um, insurance, utilities, travel, um, so any document related to that. So like your example at the start, your car rego. You could have mm. put your car rego papers into Eggy. You could have set reminders for it when it was due. Um, we've made it really easy to share information or share documents and events and lists with everyone in your household. So if you, you get them into your Eggy space, then you can um, share the car rego with your partner so that you both get the reminders so that it doesn't get missed and you don't get those $1,500 fines, not to rub it in mm. or anything. Um, <laughs> Thank you. We just made it really easy too, JK, to get stuff into Eggy. Like you think about all those environments that were messy, like your email. So you just click yep. on a PDF and you push that straight to Eggy. We've got the email Eggy inbox so you can forward your email straight to Eggy. Uh, we've we've found a lot of our power users are doing screenshots. Screenshots are the new are the new trend at the moment, JK. So screenshot everything mm. and you can push that straight into Eggy. Um, and then there's obviously um, yeah your bills, as Katie said, and photos. So yeah, and, and just goes straight into Eggy, buddy. That's just try to make that easy. So if, so if I, for example, if I had my car rego, my home insurance. Um, you know, my passport details, I suppose, like all of the important things I can 
take a photo of or screenshot or scan and put them in the one place. You absolutely exactly. can. All that and more. Yep. That's it, JK. Yep. And what, what about the what about the storage though for photos? Because obviously that's that's a big thing and people have got photos everywhere in photo albums and different hard drives and old computers. How does the, the photo downloading work? So um, most life admin items don't take up a lot of data. You know, paperwork is like PDFs yeah. and, and that kind of thing. So we have had people telling us that they do store things like their kids' artwork, special, you know, pieces of artwork that they've done at daycare and that kind of thing. Um, yeah. But, yeah, we've, we've just made it easy to try and get those things straight into Eggy. So you can just take a photo or import from your camera roll, your photo library, straight into Eggy. Mate, it was it was actually one of the biggest things that come back in user feedback was that this was a massive shit show. Was everyone's albums, and mm. I, and I guess with Eggy really focusing on life admin, it's not you know people don't want to put everything in their album into Eggy, but like you know yourself, like I know before Eggy, I used to screenshot stuff, put it in the album, and then I'd spend you know like the best part of five minutes going through the album and trying to find like where is that where is that and yep. um yeah and i think that is a massive use case that we're finding right now is that people are screenshotting quickly taking photos but to answer your question yeah we've got access to the, the camera roll and you can push in how you need it and what about um do people put legal documents in there like say your, your mortgage documents or even your will for example yeah absolutely i mean we don't we don't know specifically what people put in there, but they can put those things in there absolutely if they want to. And I, I'll, I'll give you my use case, JK. So, like, I look after all the finance and operations of Eggy, um, and mm-hmm. um, we're, we're we're not far off rolling into Eggy groups or Eggy spaces as well, which is you can flick between your own personal, you know, your, the management of the admin of your home, and then you can you'll have other groups you can switch between. Like, it might be your work, you might be a sole trader. You might have a sporting club. You might have a social group, right? That you're organising a travel trip. Um, but yeah, I use it. I use Eggy for everything company related. So I put company docs in there, legal everything that I need quick access to. I was going to ask about that. So let's say you're a you're a tradie, and your your income is dependent on you know your invoicing flow, and it can be a little bit lumpy. Um, so are you finding that sole sole traders? The tradies of the world are using it because there are a few apps out there for, for that sort of thing. Um, do, are they using Eggy to, to stay on top of their workflow? Yeah, we have, mate. I guess that's one of the reasons we're pushing to um, Eggy groups, Eggy spaces. Um, we are getting a lot of sole traders and small business owners using Eggy. And I think ultimately, mate, like I know that you're talking about invoicing. I do end of month with zero. I do all sort of our, our finance mm-hmm. operations stuff at the end of the month. Yeah. But the, the problem is, is what everyone misses. They keep going to the integrations with zero. They keep going to payments. They keep going to invoicing. But the, I, I honestly feel, and like we're doing more research around this as we build this product feature out, but the problem hasn't been solved in making sure that you organize, one, the information and the data right, and two, being able to connect different stakeholders with that information. So like, for example, you know, when, when traders are doing their invoicing and, the, and collecting all their documents, their biggest stakeholder is their accountant or their bookkeeper or the person that they need to, you know, do their accounts with. So mm. we're just trying to make that flow really easy and sticking to the core value prop of Eggy, right, is making sure that we make it so easy for people to categorise, organise their, their information before we even worry about any of those other flows. Now, if you're putting important documents 
uh, in Eggy. Let's talk about privacy and security. I'm sure I'm not the first person to to talk about this. I'd like to get a sense of how Eggy is set up to make sure that all of that information is secure and protected. Yeah, so we knew from the early days that privacy and security were going to be so important for Eggy and for all of our users. And we have all of our family's information in Eggy too. So it's paramount for us just as much as it is for everyone else. So from the early days, we uh, we decided to get the best kind of advice that we could around this. And we were very fortunate to be able to be put in touch with a guy by the name of Daniel Greselak. And Dan is the security chief of staff for Atlassian, the uh, biggest software company in Australia. Mm. And mm. Dan, um, actually, Kirk, you can probably tell the story about when you went down to see Dan in Sydney. Yeah, so well, we, we were introduced to Dan Greselak through Sam and Nurkic, who is our technical advisor at um, Spotify. Um, uh-huh. And, and he, he's really good mates with Dan. He said he's the best in the world. So he said, fly down. Because we always wanted to make security um, a massive part of Eggy. Of course. And that, need, yeah. that needed to yeah. start from it. Because we, we assume that people are going to be pushing everything to Eggy. Because life admin is, you know, the most is, is the most sensitive information that people hold. Um, so when I went down to see Dan, um, I, want, I, want, I went to talk to him and I, I sort of didn't really get a good take initially. And then he just... He said, he, he just said, sign me up, mate, sign me up. You've just sat here for an hour telling me how bad you are. He said, most people who come to me tell me how good they are. And he said, if I know that there's one way that an organisation or a group is going to grow and evolve, it's that they understand what their strengths and weaknesses are. And you clearly understand what your weaknesses are. <laughs> so it's very, and, um, very diplomatic. Yeah, so you come on board and like Dan has just been a wealth of... Uh, like not only knowledge and experience, but he is just a great human being. And he like his experience with startups generally is just outstanding. And, and everything, all the advice that he gives us around security, um, you know, it always takes into account the whole, right? So like around the privacy strategy, all our infrastructure, he knows where we're at with our, you know, our customers and users. And he, he's just, he's the man. Yeah, and so like Dan has been advising us from the very early days around Eggy's uh, technical infrastructure. Um, he's helped us with things like the encryption. So um, all of the user's data that gets uploaded to Eggy, that's all stored in Australian data centres. Um, it's all encrypted. It's it's basically got bank level security, um, if not better. Mm. So, um, and in, in terms of the, the privacy, we've had... Um, excellent advice from our legal team who've been working with us from inception as well around the processes that we have in place. And we're, we're, we're very clear. We know, we know ourselves, you know, that those, the kind of policies around your security and privacy, they can confuse you more often than not. So we've really tried to make an effort to make it very clear and transparent to people exactly how their information is handled and protected um, because we know that it can be really confusing. So we've, We've been very clear with with that, and um, yeah, we just we continue to work with our security partners to make sure I, that everything is yeah. I was just going to say, JK, we'd be uh, we'd be really bad people if we didn't mention Dan Grazalak got us actually onto our technic our security technical partners in Phronesis. Um Phronesis, nice. I always get that word wrong, and Katie always corrects me. <laughs> Phronesis, but the, the the lads uh, Elliot and Dan and the team, and they're down in Melbourne. But for people yep. who um, you know, security is a bit of a 
a maze for them. These guys run penetration tests on our infrastructure. And Katie just said, you know, that we've got bank level security. These guys work with all the big fours um, yeah. and, all the, and all the leading edge fintechs. And like our last penetration test we did because, uh, just before we went to hard launch this month, you know, our, our report, like um, Dan, the guy that does the pen- penetration test, he was saying to us that we actually have security infrastructure better than, you know, some of the big the big guys. So, you know, that's pretty reassuring to us. And well, that's, like, that's nice to hear. Exactly right, mate. Yeah. So, like, we may, you know, we're working our way through the whole certification process and that will be part of Eggy's long-term security roadmaps. But to hear that, you know, like for us, you know, Anyone who understands security and risk, there's there's real risk, right? Like we have, yep. me and Katie have all our family's information on Eggy. So for us, we want to know that it's protected as well. So for us to hear that, it's so, yeah, it's really important. So so who are the people who are actually using Eggy? Hmm. Are, they, are they young? Are they old? Are they men, women, mums, dads, grandmas, kids? It is, it is a bit of a mess. When, when yeah. we first started out, we assumed that busy parents would be our market because um, we knew mm-hmm. that, you know, it was a problem for us. So that's kind of where we started off with our assumptions. But we did a pretty extensive audience discovery campaign where we ran some content on Facebook and could see who was engaging with it. And it came back to tell us that the people who engaged the most with the problem of life admin were women aged 35 to 44 who had one or more children. So basically mums or busy mums. Yep. Um, that has continued to be the case uh, for the most part, but we do have so many different kinds of people using Eggy. We do have young people. We have professional people, people with no kids, elderly people. My parents are both yeah. 70 years old and they're Eggy power Love users. Yeah. Love it. So, it's um and, and yeah, that's what we've just tried to do. We've just tried to make it so that anyone can use Eggy. And it's free to use, right? I just go to the app store and download it and away I go, set up my profile. Sure can. Yeah, free to use, mate. We're just about to release our subscription models. So um, but we'll always have um an element of Eggy that's free. Like our view is that if you know, we don't think that you should pay a subscription until, you know, you can't live without Eggy. So um and we sort of understand you know, what point a user gets to where we can do that. Um, but, yeah, there will definitely mm. be a free free part of Eggy for you guys to use and make, make it a big part of your life. Given, you know, all startup businesses grapple with funding from, you know, bootstrapping to we've got to grow it, we've got to scale it, we need to bring on some capital. Give us an insight into the the money side of things with respect to how you've, how you've grown it and, um, whether you've you've brought on professional investors to to make things a bit easier. How long have we got, JK? <laughs> How long have we got? Probably well, another fifteen minutes. <laughs> I, I guess this is the point. Like you know, everyone's different, right? We were non-technical uh, founders, so for us, I think looking at it very basically, there's distribution and there's product, and I guess we knew that we could build a community and work on the distribution side. But building the product was the hard thing for us because we're not engineers. So from yeah. the start, and this is the value in having a, a you know quality advisors, like Pete Cassidy said, you guys have to get your equity strategy right and you need some professional advice around it because you need to raise money to build this. Um, and yeah, so we, that that's literally where we started from. Like our equity strategy has always been based around making sure we positioned ourselves so our cap table, we can always attract investors at any point um, until mm-hmm. we get to that 
you know, revenue equals sustainability um, and, you know, obviously covers your costs. Um, but also to making sure we're ticking milestones off as we're, you know, getting in market and we're, we're, we're getting users, you know, we're getting people coming through the door and talking to different stakeholders, mate. So, but to answer your question, mate, we, our first fundraise was 250K around a campfire. Would you believe it? Mm. And, it and it wasn't VCs. It was all friends and family. <laughs> uh, so, and, Sounds and, like a good campfire. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Um, and again, you know, like Pete Cassidy said from the start, he said, you know, like raising money is like, it's exactly like, you know, getting great people that want to come work for you, mate. Like the one thing people have to understand, and this is even investors, is the problem, the pain of the problem. And then obviously you follow up with the metrics and show that, you know, you're proof in market. But we've yeah. always had that ability. People just get it, you know, even investors. We haven't brought in any venture capitalists at the, like at this point because we've really tried to, you know, for whatever reasons, as a group um, and as a, especially with our advisory board, we've decided that it's best for our product strategy to make sure that we only bring in high net wealth investors and not to say that, you know, we've got investors who have built their own companies um, and, you know, have provided so much value outside of, you know, just, just product alone and even in the tech space. So, yeah, we've decided, you know, we, we made a, a conscious decision not to bring in any sort of venture capital at this point. I'm not saying that won't be the future, but yeah, that's it. We've we've just it's been a real juggling experience, to be honest, JK, around that equity strategy, bringing in the right mm. people and the right amount of money just to get you to the point where you know revenues equals you know uh, costs. And in terms of um, staff, how many how many um, staff members have you now got as part of the team? Well, so including ourselves, um, Katie, six. you want six? Yeah. Six? yeah. <laughs> Including Kirk and I, we've got six full-time employees. Yeah. Um, we wow. most, okay. most of them are based um, Gold Coast or Brisbane. Um, our mm -hmm. designer is um, based in Sydney and works remotely. But apart from that, we, we just bring in contractors as we need to help us out with things like marketing. Um, yeah. And you mentioned, obviously, um, a subscription model. At some, at some point, you will need to turn on uh, your, your commercial model um, to obviously make it viable, how far away is, um, or give us a sense of, of how that's going to evolve. Yeah, so our first subscription models are just about to hit the market. Um, yeah, so our business mm -hmm. model will be based around a subscription model um, for yep. a couple of different use cases. As I said, mate, we're heading into uh, eggy groups, eggy spaces around, you know, sole traders, groups, uh, all the rest of it. So we'll, we'll create a different subscription model around that. We're also in some heavy discussions around... Um, one of the biggest things that gets pushed to Eggy is bills. Um, and yes. uh, we've yep. been in um, some heavy discussions around payments and our payments infrastructure moving forward with Eggy, um, which, um, yeah, mate, I'll uh, happy to talk about that at a later date, JK, but that, that's another yes. area. Yes, and the other thing I is like the sound of that. So concept conceptually, you could, you, you could, you could upload your, your utilities bill and then with a, with a click, all of a sudden you can arrange for that to be paid. I like it. So, so what else is out there? Obviously, um, this is, you know, it's, it's a bit of a crowded space, um, but I, I'm not aware of any other apps that are, that are similar um, that have all of the features. That, are you up against some, you know, even, even global players that you're, um, you're chipping away at? Yeah, so when we, when we speak to our users and all of the research that we've done, the, the biggest competitors that we hear about are things like, Dropbox and OneDrive and Google Drive, that's where people are storing a lot of their documents. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and they're yep. also, you know, using the, the calendar that's already on their phone. Um, another big competitor is blackboards and whiteboards. People <laughs> still use those and the, things. And, and the fridge. Exactly. Yes. The, fridge, yeah, the poor yeah. old fridge gets overloaded with papers. But, um, yeah, we absolutely are kind of in that space. And um, the thing is, though, like even though there are other products or there's, there's multiple other apps, the thing with Eggy that we've tried okay. to do is bring it all together into the one place so you can have your documentary calendars and your to-do lists in there. Um, but And it's only a subtle difference, and, and we've really experienced this ourselves since trying to build tech or be a part of the tech building process, but just to make things easy to do. It's actually really, really hard to make things simple, but that's mm. a big kind of point of difference that we have focused on. And, you know, even though we are non-technical founders, or we were in the early days, um, we're, we're now, you know, we've always had that kind of consumer or that, that user perspective that we're coming from where we're just like, no, just make it easy. Like just, you know, get rid of that, just strip it down, reduce the cognitive load and just make it easy for people. And like I said, it's only subtle, but it just makes such a huge difference to everyday people like us who really have no idea about how tech works. And, and where are your, where are your eggy users based? Are they um, clearly they're you know, all over Australia. Have you got any um, international eggy users? We have actually got some expats who have snuck over to Spain, uh, to the US, uh, but that, they, they've travelled it over and come back again, mate. So, like, we, we've tried to keep it, or we want to keep it all in Australia at the moment, obviously due to compliance okay. yeah. and regulations yes. around, you know, data storage and security and privacy. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. so, but we get hit up, oh, JK, I, I can't tell you the messages we get hit up from Singapore, the Philippines, um, the APAC region, the US and the UK and Europe around um, <laughs> wanting to see when Eggy comes. And actually, this morning I had two people from New Zealand that wanted it uh, in, in, in uh, New Zealand ASAP. Does that then re- obviously um, represent a global opportunity for you at some point if you can make the compliance and regulation piece work? Yeah, absolutely. We've always said life admin is a global problem, and we would love to take Eggy global. Um, yeah. Once we've once we've nailed Australia, we'll be um, going there. Yeah, one hundred percent, JK. We're really using the Australian market to refine, you know, our our um, processes, our security and compliance. Yeah, not, not only that, mate, but our team. You know, it takes a lot. You know, infrastructure wise, to you know, to go into the US, company org structures. You know, your team, your support. You know, we've got people brushing big tech. And, you know, like we talk to these people every day that we're using Google, Dropbox. Now they're using Eggy because we haven't human, we've humanized our technology and our support. Our customer support is second to none. And I know everyone has an idea around how scalable that is, but we want to make sure that we just don't lose touch of what makes us competitive in the market right now, mate. And we feel like you know, everyone has, um, you know, the theory all talks about these these global expansion and, you know, you're global from day one, but, you know, you really, I feel like that only works if, you, if you're nailing your competitive advantage. And we just want to make sure we're all over that before we do that. Buddy. You're good at what you do. Can you, can you give us a sense uh, of how many people are using Eggy or have downloaded it? What, what, what sort of numbers are we talking about, guys? So we're pushing over 10,000 at the moment, mate. Um, and, um, you know, anywhere, mm. we, we've got over 2,000 power users that are using Eggy, you know, 40 to 50 times a week. And that's... You know, it's, it's, yeah, our month-on-month mm. growth at the moment is 
is pre- and we've done next to no marketing, JK. You know, like yeah. before we did yeah. our hard launch in February, we're, we've just all been about refining, you know, the retention, you know, people using our product. Um, I guess, you know, like I know, I know you were talking about competitors before, but the one thing we noticed from day one was how bad everyone's retention rates were, how they were paying, right. for, how they were paying for users straight from the start, you know, around Facebook, paid ads through SEO, through Google. They weren't retaining their users, right? So we really focused on that for, for a long time, making sure people downloaded the app, they stayed in the app, and we got them to power users. They can't live without Eggy, you know, before we started you know, getting to the point of paying for any sort of marketing, which we've only just really started this month. Mm. And that's the crucial thing, right? You've got to get – people have to be sticky to Eggy. They've got to have a reason to go there, and I think you're right. Life admin is one of those reasons just to sort stuff out. Yeah, that's right, mate. Like you, it, it had, mate. You have to have ambassador. You know, we create, we created Eggy Legends. We've just created that as a private Facebook group, and we've got Eggy Power users, mate, who share screenshots of their categories because everyone has this category fetish around. You know, we've just created that community now. We've got all these ambassadors who are, you know, selling Eggy for us. You know, are schools using them? Like sporting teams and hey, we you know the under sevens footy team. We you know who's on barbecue duty, who's bringing the oranges, who's you know who's bringing the netballs. Like I'm just thinking, there's a, there'd be a whole group, yeah, a whole group out there that um, could use it. We have got people that are using it kind of um, in its current state to do those things, but that is really a case for the eggy groups or eggy spaces that we're going to be yeah, doing okay. this year. So. In, so, like, at the moment, you have your personal kind of Eggy space and you can share stuff with anyone in your household or whoever you like, but with Eggy spaces, it will be exactly that, what you're talking about, the the soccer groups, the social groups, the school groups, where everyone within that group has the same calendar, they have access to all the documents, they get all the reminders. So, um, And we hear it a lot from schools and sporting groups, actually, um, because, you know, at the moment, there's multiple apps or there's, you know, information getting passed through WhatsApp or Facebook or Messenger and it, there's no organisation to it. So with Eggy Groups or Spaces, it'll bring that organisation and everyone that's a, a stakeholder in that group will have access to the same information and, and get their reminders so they don't forget about things. All right, final question to you both guys. Paint us the big picture of what's coming up for Eggy in the future. What's the blue sky? Hit me. Mars. We're going to shoot past <laughs> Mars, JK. Uh, the, the big picture I know, is enabling our communities, JK. You know, like we've just built Eggy around the problem, solving their problems. And that's for us, it's Eggy, Eggy groups, Eggy spaces, payments, and then service provider integrations. Like we, we've been talking again at length around connecting Eggy to service providers. Like, you know, all your service providers in Life Admin, right? You've got energy, you've got phones, you've got the tradie, you've got, there's so many stakeholders. Um, and we, um, we've we been hard at work thinking around a really cool way to connect them to Eggy users in a way that's never been done before. Uh, so we really think that's going to be pretty special, buddy. And then obviously the world, mate, you know, we want Eggy dominating every single shore. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The, the blue sky for us is um, that, Eggy is unscrambling life for billions of people all over the world. That's it. Wow. That's I love all. it. How good. All right. Well, let's, um, let's, let's leave it there, guys. Kirk Reynoldson and Kate Morgan, PhD. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast today. I really wish you well in the future. We'll be 
following your progress with much interest and power on. Go well. Thanks for having us. Thanks very much, JK. And um, I hope you've got a dragon's tattoo, mate. <laughs> I hope you put your car Joe and Nagy next time. <laughs> Thank you. See you guys. Bye-bye. See you, mate. Yeah.